step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to the Underground Subway with host David Austin a podcast dedicated to giving you the strategies to live a free and better life. Here is David Austin. Hi, I'm David Austin, host of the Underground Subway. want to thank you for hopping on board this train for this special edition of this podcast. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us for the Underground Subway, a podcast that is dedicated to one thing and one thing only. And that's giving you, my friends, the strategies, the ideas, the tips, the tools necessary to live a better and more effective life. One thing that Harriet Tubman said that really stuck with me was that she could have freed so many more people if only they knew that they were slaves. I like that because what that tells me is that we are living in a day and an age and a time in which we may secretly have chains holding us back that we don't know about. We need to live a free life, a freer life, a life of freedom and liberty. What is liberty? It is the ability to think, to function, to act without restraints. Do you have restraints that are holding you back that you don't know about? Well, we're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss some of those chains and some of those things on the underground subway. And then we're going to give you the tools, strategies that you need to live a better life, not just for yourself, but for your entire family. Harriet didn't just free one person. She freed that individual as well as she led that individual's children to freedom. We want to lead the next generation to liberty. I don't want to be free. I don't want to live a better life and have my children and grandchildren living a miserable life in which they're toiling and struggling with things that they don't have to struggle with. If I gain the knowledge and the information, I want them to as well. And that's why the Underground Subway always brings you quality and qualified guests to come on and discuss the things that have been holding us back in the past and sharing with us what they did to become free. And guess what, my friends, if they did it, we can do it too. I'm excited about our guest for this edition of the Underground Subway. My guest today is Carrie Thomas. Let me tell you a little bit about Carrie before we bring Carrie on. Carrie Thomas is the owner of Conqueror the Chaos. She attended the University of Florida, where she received her bachelor's and master's degrees in special education. She taught for eight years before launching her organizing businesses in 2007. 
Carrie's education background gives her a unique perspective on how learning styles impact organization, time management, and productivity. She saves leaders with ADD from being overwhelmed by implementing business and life systems to get and stay organized. In 2017, Carrie gave a TEDx talk, which was entitled From Clutter to Clarity. And she is passionate about helping clients eliminate all types of clutter, physical, digital, mental, emotional, and more from their lives so they may experience productivity and peace of mind. Welcome to the Underground Subway, Carrie Thomas. Thank you for joining us, my friend. So much, David. I'm thrilled to be here. Let's jump right into it. However, I want to start from the, the back. Uh, I want to start from outfield and work our way in because okay. in your bio, it talks about how, uh, you know, what you've done is you, you had a TEDx talk and you talked about from clutter to clarity. And so uh, let's talk about that because uh, there, there's TV shows that are on one of the most famous ones is called Hoarding quarters mm-hmm. in which, uh, you know, they show people with all this, you know, thing, all of this stuff laying around. And uh, in my case, and probably the case of a lot of our listeners, we may not be considered hoarders, but we may be considered another term that we use when we want to hold on to something, quote unquote, just in case we call it being a pack rat. And so <laughs> right. I think that's me. I'm always going to hold on to something to the last minute, just in case I need it. Uh, but after reading your bio, I'm curious now it, whether or not I just deal with clutter. So talk to us. One of the, my favorite movies is Philadelphia and with Denzel Washington and Tom Hanks, because I'm from Philadelphia. And Denzel Washington says something to one of the witnesses on the stand because he's an attorney he says now here's the question he says now explain it to me like I'm a six-year-old so I want to start you off Carrie by asking you this question explain it to me like I'm a six-year-old exactly what is clutter can you define clutter and and then talk about how it affects us yes I would be happy to and I'm going to actually define it two ways and the first way funny enough I'm going to pull from your intro Because you said something so true. You said that we have things that are that are keeping us from living our life and that are holding us back and that we might not even realize it. Mm -hmm. And as you were talking, I was thinking, well, that's clutter. So clutter is anything that's holding you back and anything that's clogging your life and keeping you from living out your purpose, from living the life you want to lead and that you're meant to lead and is is keeping you stuck. That is truly clutter. And it can, and I'll give my other definition in just a moment, but it, it can be the physical stuff that we think of. Like when you painted that picture, people picturing quarters or being a pack rat and we picture, you know, a lot of things in our environment or, you know, garages and we can't pull our car in that type of stuff. But It's so much more than that. And that's the type of clutter that we don't realize is holding us back. So we have that physical stuff, you know, the closets that are stuffed full. We have digital clutter. Almost everyone can relate to that right now. Um, You know, 75,000 emails, 100,000 emails, just downloads that you can't find, you know, no naming conventions, all that kind of stuff. So we have a lot of digital clutter. 
we also have a lot of mental and emotional and spiritual clutter. There are, and I'll dive into those in a moment, but there are also, you know, there's time clutter and some people talk about having body clutter. And, but I believe that all of those can be grouped under either physical, digital, or what I call the internal clutter, which is the mental and emotional and spiritual. And before we dive into those, the second definition that I reference in my TED Talk and that came from one of my mentors, Barbara Hemphill, she coined this phrase and it, it's just a universal truth that has stood the test of time. And that is clutter is postponed decisions. And okay. it's so true. I love its simplicity. When you think about it, anything that you're holding on to, whether it's that pair of jeans that you know was three sizes ago, <laughs> or like a grudge. I call that motive. <laughs> I call that motivation. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it could be. It, it, it very well. Could it never. Be. It never works. But <laughs> but anything. So you're you're delaying. You're postponing that decision. Right. So for you, like, let's say the jeans, you said that in kind of a funny way, but you, you would have, you would have made a decision. Your decision would be, I'm going to keep this one pair because they were my favorite and that's going to be my motivation. So in that instance, they aren't clutter because mm -hmm. you made an intentional decision about them. You said, okay, this is the pair I'm going to hang on to. So I wouldn't define that as clutter. So, I mean, I know you said it as a joke, but, um, it's true in every instance that the things around us, like I, I always do when I do a speaking engagement, I have people, whether it's virtual now or in person, I'll say like, look, you know, in your pockets or your purse, or just look around you on your desk and how many postponed decisions can you see? Just wow. right in your immediate environment. Wow. Yeah. Well, carry up question. Um, yeah. I'm listening to this podcast and I decide that, yes, you know what? Uh, I have some postponed decisions. I have something that is holding me back. Uh, I have clutter. Mm -hmm. You you group them into physical, internal, and digital. Okay, yeah. I want to get my life back together. Which one do you think I need to say, this is the one I need to conquer first? Yeah. And, and then what's next? And then what can I finally get rid of? Yes, I love that question. I wish you could see the big smile on my face because the answer is a huge relief to most people. And that is, it doesn't really matter where you start. Because um, if you picture a circle and you picture, you know, a divided like a pie and you have the physical, digital and the internal clutter and you picture it going around this circle or this wheel, whatever is a good visual for you they all impact each other. So what I mean by that is if you have a lot of physical clutter, you very often are not comfortable or you feel overwhelmed or anxious in your environment, mm -hmm. which then impacts your mental state, which then leads you to not take action, not make decisions and get more physical clutter. That's a simple illustration but they impact each other all the time. And it doesn't really matter which came first. I work with a lot of people who feel that they should, which you know we all know is a bad word, um, be able to be organized, but something happened. 
they had some sort of event like a, a prolonged illness or a divorce or a move or job loss or something that caused you know life to go haywire a little bit and they all of a sudden were you know turned around and thought wow everything everything is cluttered my mind my heart my house everything's cluttered all of a sudden and they almost can't figure out which came first but it doesn't matter so to answer your question there's a couple of ways to pick where to start and it really depends on your brain the way you're wired and your personality but you can either choose to start with something very simple to gain momentum or you can start with something that has been weighing on you and feels the heaviest and will make the biggest impact, even mm -hmm. if it's difficult. So I often tell people like pick and declare, like literally declare to yourself, to your family, to your roommate, to whoever, a no clutter zone. Start with one. So for some people that's going to be, you know, their kitchen table or their counters or their um, foyer when they, the first thing they see when they walk in their house, whatever that is declare that this is a space that when it's clear, I feel better. I can breathe easier. I can think more clearly, whatever that is. It just makes me happy and declare mm -hmm. that that's a no clutter zone. And then that will spread and you can go from there. If you choose to start with the mental or emotional component, maybe one of the first things you can do is start um, with gratitude doing some sort of gratitude practice, whether that's written or verbal or whatever that looks like for you. So I teach my clients that it's all intertwined and it doesn't really matter where you start. Um, there, It's going to be a very positive domino effect, but I would declare like one no clutter zone. Now, when I work with offices, I do have a very specific nine-step you know, process that I go through. But even then, I, I I go rogue with my clients all the time, because if I can see that there's something, you know, internal holding them back, or if, you know, there's something a little further down the process, that's a huge stumbling block, we'll skip ahead and do that. But basically, I want people to understand that you can choose something easy to gain momentum, you can choose something hard, to you know, get that off your plate, and then you feel like invincible. Wow, I did this. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you start with a physical thing or a mental thing, but they will impact each other in a positive way. Gary, uh, I hope we're not going into left field. And if we do, as long as we're still in the ball, <laughs> as long as we're still in the ballpark, I think we're okay. Uh, some of the listeners that we've been doing a few shows uh, on grief on yeah. losing loved ones, et cetera. Uh, let's talk about that and uh, see, can that tie into clutter? Because if I lose a loved one, whether it's a parent or uh, a child, and I have certain what is called mementos of that right. individual that I keep around, can, can that be a, a clutter? Because it can be a physical, whether it's items that the my loved one wore, you know, hats or clothes, mm -hmm. as well as being an internal thing that I don't want to let go of or let go of them. Talk to us about that. Can grief be a form of clutter? 
Yes, wow, there are many layers to that question. Um, I'm, I'm not a mental health professional, but I have worked with many individuals and families in this same situation. And they are often working in tandem with the therapist, counselor, that type of thing. And one thing that's important to remember is that there is no set timetable. There, there are no rules when it comes to grief, like you mentioned, especially losing a child or a spouse, any, any loved one. There's no set timetable. So you might have to realize that you're, you're not postponing those decisions. You are making a decision that I'm not going to address it until such and such a date. A lot of times, you know, people will say a year, but then other people, I've helped families that want things packed away and they want to feel a sense of closure very quickly. There's no right or wrong. So that just get that out there. There's no right or wrong. Um, when it is time to, let's say, pack away certain things or pack away the mementos, just go easy on yourself. Definitely have someone there, whether it's a professional, whether it's your best friend, you know, whatever it is, have someone there to go through the process with you because grief is the number one example, shall we say, of your physical clutter being paired with your internal clutter because there's so much, there's so much going on and there's so many emotions. Um, but it can be a very positive and healing process if you allow it to be. I worked with a family, they, um, a gentleman, they, he had lost his wife, he had two young girls. And so it had been two years by the time I was called in and they literally touched nothing for two years and that's okay. So my first job coming in was to have zero judgment about that. I mean, it literally looked like she went out to the store that morning and just didn't return. And that was okay. That was first step one was letting them know there's nothing wrong with how you handled this. And we started with what he thought was going to be the easiest spot. Um, and it ended up not being, it was a storage unit and there were things in there he wasn't prepared for, but that was his decision. We're gonna start somewhere easy. It, it ended up working out okay. Um, and then he incorporated his daughters as much or as little as they felt they wanted to be a part of it at that time. We did her personal things and her closet and mementos last. That would be another thing I would suggest, you know, do just sort of the things that don't have as much energy or emotion tied to them. And, and give yourself grace, take time. And if you need to stop, I am a huge proponent of journaling. I believe that so much of our just junk in our head, to use another word for clutter, um, can be managed if we get it out on paper. Whether we keep that piece of paper or not, whether we burn it, trash it, whatever we do with it. But I'm a huge believer in journaling when it comes to those times. Gary, I have a question. It's um... Probably, you know, I have a question dealing with what do we do, but before I do that, I want to ask a question that is probably going to get me in a lot of trouble. Okay. However, um, I don't mind, you know, I'll get in trouble here and there and I, I'll, <laughs> I ease my way out of it. So my question is going to get me in trouble and hopefully it doesn't get you in trouble for answering it, but <laughs> you've dealt with both sides of the coin. So I want to know which side of the coin has the worst clutter problem. 
men or women? <laughs> oh gosh. I know. I don't know. That's hard <laughs> because I I can't think of an actual answer. Um, the, you know what's interesting and why it's hard for me to answer is that I believe women, if they have a physical clutter problem in their homes, are more likely to ask for help and get that help. I get more male clients on the business side of things. Oh like, wow! Okay. Oh my gosh, my my business systems are falling apart. I I can't figure out my calendar, my to dos, my files, et cetera, et cetera. They are more willing to take and listen to help than women. Women, um, this is just my experience. So again, I don't want to get in trouble for answering this either. But so women, when it comes to business owners or executives, they're a little bit harder not to crack in their professional world. Okay. Men, in my experience, are like, okay, tell me what to do and they do it. But mm -hmm. if men have physical clutter, mm -hmm. they are more reluctant to get help. That's so, just my that's just so, my experience. So someone like me, if you look at my email, my work emails, mm -hmm. my it's it's amazing because my personal emails, I will go through them and delete, foul, gone, trash, boom, empty trash, gone. But when it comes to work emails, I will delete certain files. That's when I delete them because I a lot of times I'll just leave them there, again, just in case. It's sort of like the the little red box on the wall in an office building that has the little glass and it says break in case I keep my emails in a little glass just in case. So it's almost like, you know, I'm afraid. Is it the finality of getting rid of clutter that scares us? I believe it is, but that's also the freeing part. Right. Okay. Which is interesting. So back to email, just quick and dirty tip. Um, it's fine. I have emails that probably some other experts would say you don't need that, but I keep them in folders. So my inbox is not cluttered. So that's, if you really right. feel the need to right. keep something, just tuck it away in a, in a folder. <laughs> yes. I, I try to do that, but I, I, there's some that need to be in a folder called a trash can. And I yes. just feel as though <laughs> yes. the moment that I delete them and they're gone forever, someone will say, well, what, do you have that email that came? Mm -hmm. Uh-oh, it's gone. And so I guess we're the same way with our paperwork, you know. We um, are. Yes. How do, yeah. how do I know which files to throw or which papers to throw away, you know, because uh, and one of the things that I think we're better at in 2022 than we were in 2000, in 2000, is, is that because I have I have paperwork, but those that paperwork is also in e-form too. And so right. I, I can take them and scan them and keep them. So how do I know what files or what papers to throw away if I'm noticing a lot of paperwork clutter? Because uh, let me, I'll ask you this before you answer, because I, yeah. have a, I have an entire suitcase full of papers. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> That's actually my favorite thing. I am such a paper nerd. One of my clients called me a paper ninja. Like if I could only do one task in my business for the rest of my life or career, it would be sorting paper. I know I'm strange, but so with that being said, um, when you think of paper or the digital, it's the same thought process and it's the same process in maintaining it and purging it. So when I say paper, I always tell my clients like, 
I also mean digital, you know, it, it's interchangeable. So that being said, there are, I was certified through the Productive Environment Institute and one of their um, caveats, I guess, I, I can't think of the word right now, is these seven questions that you ask yourself when you're trying to decide what to get rid of. And so I use those, I've adapted them with my clients over the years, but basically a couple of the top questions to remember. So let's say you have a big pile of paper or you're going through your documents and downloads on your computer. And we teach people the fastest way to sort and purge paper is to do it into three big buckets to begin with. And that's to think of file, axe, toss. So file are the things you need to keep, but you don't need to do anything with in the immediate moment. Act is when the ball's in your court, so you have to-dos, like bill to pay, phone call to make, et cetera. And then the rest is toss, which we love. So trash, recycling, shred, whatever. So the fastest way to sort is to sort and think in those buckets. So do I need to file it, act on it, or toss it? And when you get stuck, which is the question I hear you asking, when you get stuck and you don't know well, is it an action? Do I need to file it? There are certain questions you can ask yourself. So one of my favorites is, can I find it again easily? And you alluded to that. Is it on the cloud? Is it saved in another backed up form? Can I get it off of my server at work? Um, can I find it on the internet? People hang on to, my best example is our manuals say for your washing machine. Right. And you can usually find that information online. So can I find it easily again? Is it recent or is it outdated? That question helps a lot of people make decisions. Um, do does it have tax or legal implications? If it does, then err on the side of caution and go ahead and keep it or scan it or whatever you want to do. But so there are questions that I lead people through. But the number one when you get stuck thing to ask yourself is what is the worst thing that could happen if I got rid of this? Hmm. Hmm. And if the answer is the IRS is coming or I'm going to lose a thousand dollars, then keep it. <laughs> hmm. But if you can't answer that question or you can't identify a specific use for it, uh, very often we hold on to paper because it's sort of, it's always been there. We're used to seeing it. And well, I've, I've always had this or my mom always had this and now I always have it. And but if you can't identify a specific use and you can't honestly say anything negative would happen if you got rid of it, then you can let it go. Hmm. That's very good. That's interesting. What about this term we haven't talked about? Well, I don't think we talked about it. I think you mentioned this and I wrote it down uh, as you were talking. I'm just taking notes uh, for myself. Uh, accountability partners. Would that help for me to have someone in my life that that I am held accountable to that will say, uh-uh, you don't need all this stuff. <laughs> hugely, hugely helpful. Uh, so I lead my clients through a process that we set our vision, then we work the plan, you know, we decide what the plan is going to be, et cetera. So without talking about that whole process right now, I want to emphasize that the final step is actually the most important. And the final step of maintaining your success and keeping it going and having that good follow through consists of two things, maintenance and accountability. The maintenance is the upkeep, whether that's going through and purging files again or 
cleaning out the closet every season or, um, you know, checking in with your mental and emotional state, whatever the maintenance looks like, you, you should plan that from the very beginning. What happens and why people undertake these projects or organizing or productivity um, projects and then fail is they don't think of maintenance and accountability. So you need to have a maintenance plan from the beginning. And then you also need to have accountability. And research has shown, I think it was the Harvard study, the most recent one I saw, that you are 67% more likely to maintain your success with an accountability partner. That's wow. huge. Wow. So it can be, I have a client and she gets on a Zoom call with a friend once a month, and that's when they do their filing. And they just chat and they have a glass of wine or tea or whatever floats their boat. And that's when they, do their paper filing, they clean up their downloads, that type of thing. But it's a it's a date with one of her friends that lives across the country. So accountability is I I can't emphasize it enough. It's huge, no matter what form it takes, friend, neighbor, professional, whatever it is. Wow, yeah, that's, that's you are great. on the right track with that. Yeah. <laughs> in a few minutes we have left. Uh, Time flies when you're having fun, but in a few minutes we have left. Talk to us about part of your bio was talking about how you save leaders with ADD from you know from becoming overwhelmed by implementing uh, business and file systems so that they could uh, believe your bio said so they could get organized, which yeah. to me is one thing. Okay, I'm organized, but more importantly, stay organized. Talk to yeah. us about that. So the staying organized is what I was just referring to, but the way you get there and the reason I'm passionate about helping people with ADD, well, one, my background in special education, I'm very, I taught higher level special education. So it was a lot of learning disabilities and things like that. And um, I, I just became passionate about understanding the just neurodiversity and how how we learn and how different people function and excel and how that looks different. And so when I work with business owners or executives who are floundering or they feel like they're floundering in that area, very often what's happened is they're using a system that was either pushed on them, someone told them was a good idea, they read a book, someone said, yes, do it this way. And it doesn't work with their strengths, but people keep pushing, like trying to push that boulder uphill. And by looking at a few key things, such as learning style, if you're visual, auditory, kinesthetic, just your innate organizing style, looking at people's executive function and how they plan and process and carry out tasks, and when that ebbs and flows, are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Do you need background noise? Is background noise the worst possible thing? So looking mm -hmm. at some of those things that just come with us and with our personality and then putting tried and true systems in place, but tweaking it based on the individual is really the key. And so often no one has given people permission to think outside the box. Wow. Okay, wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, what you have available for us to to um, get, you know, to be able to get in touch with you. You have available sure. for us to to learn from any tools that you have personally. Sure. So 
if people go to clutter to clarity steps.com on there, I have set up so that there's a productivity quiz that you can take to see your productivity score now. And then that will send you a little mini course of ideas for implementing in your office. There's also a download that you can get uh, 10 ways to get unstuck. And some of it is very practical. Some of it is a little more holistic, which I'm a true believer in. Talks everything about, you know, sound and getting out in nature, those types of things. So that download of how to get unstuck and the productivity quiz are there. And then there's also a link if people would like to watch my TED Talk. Okay. It's on there. So clutter to clarity steps.com is a good place for people to start and get some good free information. Well, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Again, I want to take this moment to really, really say thank you for joining the Underground Subway. Uh, your information, your professionalism, your expertise has been second to none. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to enlighten us on decluttering. And I'm going to use it to the max. <laughs> you are so welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, my friends, it is time. I hear the brakes screeching as this train is coming to the next stop and it is your stop and the door is going to open and you're going to have to get off this particular underground subway until next time in which you can hop back on. But before you get off, I want to thank you for joining us. It is not taken for granted that you have taken time out of your schedule to listen to the underground subway. Those that are listening by way of your AirPods at work, if you're listening while walking on the treadmill in the gym or you're riding in the car listening, or you may be at home just listening on your Bluetooth speaker, wherever you are, I take it not for granted that you believed in your heart that something would be said during this podcast to help to make your life better. And I believe that it has happened. I wanna thank Carrie Thomas again for joining us. That information has been, has been priceless. Her expertise is immeasurable. And I believe that everything that was spoken and said, we're going to take what we heard and we're going to do something with it. Well, the doors are open. It's time to get off this train. My friends, I want to thank you for joining the Underground Subway. However, before you leave, I want to offer you a challenge. I want you, before you go to bed tonight, to find a mirror. When you find that mirror, look yourself right in the eyes. Look yourself in the eyes. And I want you to stare at yourself and ask yourself a question. Don't ask anyone else. Don't ask the family member. Don't ask your next door neighbor. Don't ask anyone but yourself this question. Today, today, did I do something to declutter my life? Did I do something to make my life better? Did I do something to work toward my purpose? Or did I simply waste another day? Think about that. You got no more time to waste. I'm David Austin, conductor of the Underground Subway, and I'll see you next time right here.